Hi everyone. Hi, it's good to be here uh, at the 5 p.m. service. And um, I used to serve in the 5 p.m. service uh, quite a while back, yeah, singing the hymns. And um, it's good to be back today to um, share with you the Word of God. So um, before we start, let's uh, just bow our heads in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we have your Word. Your Word is life-giving. Your Word is our light to our feet and a lamp to our path. We are not directionless, Lord. We are not groping in the dark when we walk with you. We have your light. And we thank you, Lord, that when we have your light, we walk with confidence, Lord, that we walk with a God who knows all, who knows our hearts. And yet, knowing our hearts, Lord, you choose, Lord, to raise us up with you, to be co-heirs with you, Lord, to walk with you in love and in truth and with your grace, Lord. We thank you. We have all this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So today's um, sharing, I, I've called it Scam Alert. The Lord has placed it in my heart um, that we need to be alert to the schemes of uh, the enemy. Yeah. And um, uh, through this scripture right now, let's uh, take a look at John chapter 10 verses 1 to 16. Let's read it together. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls them his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. The wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them in also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. 
So, um, scam alert. The Lord in this scripture reveals himself as the good shepherd and he does repeatedly a few times. Yeah, I am the good shepherd. Now, if there is a good shepherd, there's also a bad one. Yeah, and the Lord actually in this scripture also identifies um, those who are false shepherds, yeah, counterfeit shepherds that are basically they don't care about the sheep. Yeah, and when evil comes, when uh, the sheep are in danger, they run away. Yeah. Um, so the thing about our good shepherd. He is alerting us to the schemes of the enemy. And we live in a scheming society. yeah, A society where we get scammed a lot. And uh, we fall for many of those scams. Wow. Thank you a lot for the sound effect. Yeah. So um, I wanted to just share with you a few um, statistics of how badly scammed we are in Singapore. So scam is on the rise, and I took some statistics from an article uh, that was dated 8 February 2023. Yeah, um, there were 20, there were 31,728 scam cases reported in this year, uh, in last year, 2022, and these were up from 23,933 cases the year before. The increase was 32.6%. Now, a total of 667, sorry, 660.7 million uh, was was uh, taken away from uh, to, uh, taken away from scam victims, yeah, in 2022, and this was up 632 million in 2021. So almost 1.3 billion was lost to scams in the past two years. So this is really profiting those who are scammers, right? And many have fallen prey to the scammers. And more than 53% of the scam victims are actually aged between 20 and 39 years old. You know, we think that scammers usually prey after the elderly, uh, those who are vulnerable, um, you know, those who are a bit more naive. However, if we look at the numbers, it's 20 to 39 years old that are the most scammed. Yeah, And if you look at the next slide, you will see that there's a pie chart there uh, that was uh, provided by the Singapore Police Force. And the cases, if you look at the cases, a big chunk of the pie chart comes from those 20 to 29 years old. Yeah, It's about 26.7%. And 30 to 9, 39 years old is 26%. 40 to 49, about 19.2%. So those above in the elderly age group actually constitute only a small group, yeah, a smaller group rather. Yeah? So it's not true, and no one is immune to scams. And today we look at um, the kinds of scams that are out there. You can see how the enemy has, uh, you know, has really exerted his influence on so many that uh, scams are so, so a strife. Yeah? If you look at this, chart over here, it's not very clear, but um, the line above is the statistics for 2021, and the line below is for 2022. So you can see the jump. Uh, these are the top 10 kind of scams in Singapore. There are more. Uh, first is the phishing scam. You can see how 
this year, uh, al- sorry, 2022 alone, the line at the bottom has shot out so much further. Then there are job scams after that. There are e-commerce scams, investment scams, uh, false friend call scam. There's social media impersonation scam. There's also loan scams, internet love scams. There's government official impersonation scams. And uh, last on the list is credit for sex scams. Yeah, And these are only the top 10. There's more. So you can see that um, you know, we live in such a scam-infected world. And to address the, uh, you know, the, or, or rather, um, what the authorities have said that the biggest threat to turning awareness into action is the whole idea that people think that they are invincible. That's the main challenge. Um, many who get scammed, including lawyers, doctors, professors, they, you know, they all end up saying things like, I'm the last person I thought who would get scammed. So no one is immune to scams. And based on today's scripture, um, what point that I felt that the Lord was trying to make is that the greatest scam out of all the scams is that the enemy is trying to distance and divert us from our good shepherd. Yeah. So we have a good shepherd and he's watchful over us. But the enemy is here to cause a distance between us and our good shepherd. He is a thief and a robber, and his purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy us from knowing God, loving God, obeying God, keeping us from knowing his voice, being familiar with his voice. Um, It keeps us from staying close to God, from trusting him. Um, And also, he wants to uh, rob us from uh, God's presence, from intimacy with God, from closeness and oneness with our Good Shepherd. So, when I was looking at how do we get scammed, I was wondering about what kind of tools uh, the scammer uses. I came up with five Ds based on my readings in the Bible, yeah? And the five Ds, the first D is doubt. The enemy makes us question God's word and his goodness. Once doubt is sown in our hearts, we really start to question, is God really good? Is he really watching over me? Does he really care? And the second D that I came upon which is another tool of the enemy, is discouragement. Discouragement actually makes you look at your prob- problems rather than at God. Yeah. So the problem gets amplified when we start meditating on the problem and how intense are the feelings and overwhelming feelings that come out of being in that problem. Yeah. And it drowns out our vision, our closeness, our meditation on God's word even. Yeah. So it becomes more... Um, in our face than God is. And the next D is diversion. Now diversion, uh, it makes the wrong, themes, the wrong things seem attractive to us so that we will want them more than the right things. Yeah? Temptations in our lives, the love of the world and the things of the world yeah? that, um, that suddenly become 
take precedence in our lives. They become idols almost in our lives that we can't do without more than God. So that's the version for you. And there's also defeat. Now, defeat makes us feel like failures, yeah, so that we don't even want to try um, to get out of that state of defeat. It makes us feel stuck. Yeah, and at times we may be caught in a sin or in an attitude where you know we we are we're steeped either in anger or frustration, and it could be anger against someone, yeah, and it keeps us stuck in that place. We have unforgiveness or bitterness due to an offense. Yeah, sometimes you get stuck and um, you feel like each time you think about somebody, you know, you feel like, oh no, I've blown it again. Yeah, I thought I was a child of God, but you know, I've blown it again. Every time I think about this person, I get angry and I, I just stay in this place. Yeah, of unforgiveness or bitterness. So, so defeat is like that. Yeah, it keeps you stuck. Now, delay is the, la- um, the, the next D, and the last D out of the five. Delay makes you put off doing something so that it never gets done. And one example of delay as a scamming tool of the enemy is how we are so delayed to pray. When things get overwhelming, when our schedule gets overwhelming, when there's so much to take care of in the day, you know, the, a prayer always almost becomes an afterthought, yeah, a last resort. So um, we we always uh, end up ordering our outer world first, yeah, thinking that whatever we do will have impact, but eventually it has no powerful impact. Yeah, we're just putting out fires that keep uh, springing up in our lives. So delay is another scamming tool. It keeps us away from God on an extended time. So if we had a sneak peek into the enemy's toolbox, what would it look like? I came up with a list like this. Does it look familiar to you? Doubt and worry? Is that a state that we're in, in this season of our lives? Fear and anxiety? Do we fall for the enemy's deception? You know, are we in fear of looking at something that is not really fearful, but we're just so fearful? Yeah. Condemnation and guilt. I forgot to put down shame. I'd like to spend a bit more time on this particular tool of the enemy of condemnation, guilt, and shame. Um, at times, we really get into a, a state of condemnation, especially when we have a repeated sin or besetting sin in our lives. Yeah, um, or if a trauma has happened in our lives and we just feel condemned, just share a, a, a short personal testimony. Um, as a child, I was uh, a victim of sexual abuse uh, by someone in the family, and um, even as I grew up, um, I thought that I would be able to move on. You know, just suck it up and move on. Yeah, but however, I w- I felt quite. Uh, dirty inside. I felt quite uh, shameful inside. And I actually started to live my life uh, with this scar almost, you know. Um, and I never sort of came out of it. And even when I, uh, I came to know the Lord, I still carried it with me uh, to a large extent. Yeah, until of course uh, it came to a point where I really wanted to, to rid myself of it 
and not carry it. Mm. And um, I remember how one of the most powerful um, truths that led me to this was the parable of the prodigal son. You know, the son when he was so when he came to his senses that he was you know um, away from the father and he was in a pigsty. It's a famous story, right? Yeah, we all know the parable. Um, he came back to he wanted to come back to the father's house, uh, but he felt that he had wronged the father, so he came up with a script for his. He, you know, he, uh, when he met the father, he said, "Oh, I'll tell my father I'm not deserving, and I'll just be a slave in your house." And he was rehearsing it. But when the father saw him when he was near the father's house, what happened? The father ran to him. And I believe that when we draw near to the Lord, the Lord will draw near to us. Yeah, we don't have to feel condemned because when the father looks at us through the blood of Christ, we are already sons and daughters. Yeah, and he will run to us. He will put that cloak on us. He will put that identity ring on us that we are his family already through the blood of Christ. Yeah. Yeah? And he puts the shoes on us. Yeah. In the house, the slaves don't wear shoes. The sons wear the shoes. Yeah? So, um, I just wanted to spend a bit more time there because I felt that the enemy tries to condemn us whenever we sin. But we must always remember our identity as sons and daughters and come back into the Father's house. The house of prayer, the house where we receive truth, the house where we... Um, we are loved, yeah, as sons and daughters. Yeah. So of course the enemy uses sickness, physical and emotional trauma. Um, you know, we all have egos, and when our egos is is it takes a blow because of offense, bitterness, yeah, unforgiveness will start and hatred and things like that. Of course, sexual immorality uh, creates a rift between us and God. And I think I mentioned earlier about the love of the world, money, yeah. So when once the enemy gets us to focus on all these, our focus is less on Christ. He becomes distant. We breathe in the enemy's toxic suggestions. We breathe less of God's instructions and counsel of the Holy Spirit. We start to worry more. We meditate on God's word less. We pray less. Yeah, and of course, sometimes we even stay away from believers. We stay away from the church. Yeah, when we are. Uh, when we're facing trauma from the enemy, yeah, when the enemy starts scam, uh, uh, giving us blows by blows of his schemes on us, yeah, and um, yeah, and when there is no life-giving truth, when our oxygen is cut off from God, you know, slowly spiritual death starts to set in, and then we fall for the scam completely, and that's how many people backslide, right? Yeah, because they drift further and further away from the Word of God from the counsel of God, from the presence of God. Mm. So at this juncture, I thought it would be quite good if we, you know, the Lord asks us to, um, to stand firm in Christ, not away from Christ. To stand in His mighty presence. Yeah. And that's how we fight the schemes of the enemy, to be in Christ. Let's take a, a short moment here to just ask the Lord, if I feel distant today from God, from my good shepherd, am I feeling distant? Yeah. Am I being robbed of my peace? Has the enemy stolen the word and promises of God from me? Am I less sensitive to God's voice these days? 
has the voice of discouragement and accusation become louder? Are the voices of the five Ds stabbing and killing our faith? Are you saying over yourself, I can't hear God's voice. I will never be free of this problem. My past wound and sins are just too deep. How can I ever heal? No one understands. Are these voices familiar? If so, just take this time to be quiet before the Lord and come near to Him and bring this wound to the Lord. I am the good shepherd. My sheep know my voice. And I know my sheep by name. Mm. As you come to the Lord, the Lord runs to you, the Father runs to you to reinstate you, to give you back peace to give you back your identity as a son and a daughter that he loves. That you belong to him. That your life belongs to him and he will know how to come, overcome the enemy schemes in our lives. If you're done with your prayer, you can look up. Yeah. So our God shepherd, our good shepherd is with us when the enemy scams us. Even when we're being scammed, even when the schemes of the enemy are going on in our lives, our good shepherd is with us. His name is Emmanuel. And we lack nothing. Remember in Psalm 23 it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I will not be in lack. So every Scam or temptation or testing is an opportunity to develop our closeness to God, our faith in God, to run back to the Lord and anchor ourselves in Him. Every test is that opportunity. We are all tested. We are all under the schemes of the enemy. Yeah, But the Lord is there in that time of testing. And um, I wanted to look at the Adam and Eve uh, story just for a while, yeah. Because when I read this part of scripture, I realized that Adam and Eve faced the enemy's scam or temptation. However, I noticed that they didn't have any alertness to God's presence, and I felt that Eve was having a lack mentality. Let's look at the scripture, and then I'll come back to that. If you can go to Genesis three. Now the serpent was more crafty, the scammer, yeah? He was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it or you will die. 
you will not you will not certainly die the serpent said to the woman for god knows that when you eat from it your eyes will be opened and you will be like god knowing good and evil when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom she took some of it she took some and ate it she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it So I kind of noticed that based on the five Ds, E fell for the enemy's scam of doubt and diversion. Yeah? Her focus was on immediate gratification. Somehow God's word was not enough. She was lacking. Yeah? She was in lack. She wanted more. She doubted God's word that she would die spiritually when she ate of the fruit. She saw that she was beautiful and you know it was good to eat and give her knowledge of good and evil to be just like God yeah So we are like that when we are not connected with God when we don't pray when we don't commune with God we lack when we pray when we bring the Lord into our problems into our situations or even when the enemy comes to tempt us When we pray we tell God I can't do this by myself I need you in here. Yeah. And we will not lack. Yeah. When we lack, when we feel lacking, that's when we are cut off from God. So it's really important to be in Christ and to pray. Prayerlessness makes us operate in an atmosphere of lack. Once we come into the presence of God, we know that we lack nothing. We have the good shepherd who supplies us whatever we need. Yeah. Because he knows us. So, I have a, I had a few questions, you know. In this season, is God enough for me? Am I looking for something more that can satisfy me? Well, scamlet. This lack mentality this often kind of mentality you know yeah that you don't have a father you don't have the holy spirit to supply you wisdom counsel mm. it will keep us wandering off from god looking for something to fill our lack the wrong kind of thing it's just like the israelites in the wilderness they had god with them in the tabernacle they had the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of of uh, cloud by day but they still longed for the creature comforts of Egypt yeah and god was right there and we are like that as well yep we have god in our midst we have cell group friends we have church we have pastors we are not under enemy attack like in myanmar i heard that they have um you know the churches are under persecution christian villages are being bombed by the uh, junta and they are flocking to the um to the forest yeah and they're singing worship songs in the forest yeah, i've seen videos on that so you know um we have everything but sometimes we think we just lack so we need to pray and we need to be in christ and i just wanted to quickly move to the best pattern of standing against the scam or the schemes or the temptation of enemy the way jesus did with alertness with god's presence 
and with an added focus on the authority that we have over the enemy. That's how Jesus modeled it when he was tempted in the wilderness. So can I just have the scripture for that portion of uh, yeah, Matthew 4, verse 1 to 11. Let's quickly go through this. I think the word of God is so important, so let's take a bit of time here. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man will not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, don't put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil came yeah, and took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended to him. So what I wanted to focus on here was that Jesus gave no room for the enemy's suggestion to lead him into the five Ds. The enemy probably had the five D, yeah, the toolbox ready, you know. Yeah, but Jesus gave him no rope. God's word of truth was already written on his mind and his heart. Jesus had a lifestyle of worship. Even from a young age, when his parents thought they lost him, right? During Passover, he said to them, Don't you know I have to be in my father's house of prayer, of worship, of truth? Yeah? So we need to have that lifestyle as well. Every day, every moment. Because the day of evil can come anytime. Jesus knew his authority over the enemy. And he was able to command the enemy away from me. We have that authority as well. And we need to remind each other that we have that authority. Especially when we are being scammed. So the, and the devil will leave us. Yeah? Submit to God. Resist the enemy and he will flee from you. Says the word of God. Right? Mm. So, moving on. I wanted to also... Add on about the armor of God. Yeah? So when we have the armor of God upon us, we actually put on Christ. We are intimate with Christ. Every element of the armor is something about Christ in us. Yeah? His salvation. No one can take away our salvation. The enemy cannot lie to us about that. His righteousness is ours because of what he did at Calvary. It is finished. The debt has been cancelled. Yeah, it has been paid. And the sword of spirit is given to us. I mean, go, go through Ephesians chapter 6 and get familiar with the armor of God, especially if there's something in your life that is causing you to be diverted or causing you to doubt, causing you to uh, deviate from God's ways. Yeah? I want to just share a quick testimony about a sister in Christ who... Um, I've been journeying with in prayer uh, who is battling a very aggressive form of cancer and 
whenever I'm with her, I feel like she is ministering to me because she is someone who has that worshipful lifestyle of word, anchoring in the word, anchoring in prayer, anchoring in praise also. Yeah, And I'll call her Eunice to keep her identity safe. So this is a text that she sent me about three days ago. I want to read it to you to show um, how uh, anchored she is um, in the Lord against the scheme of the enemies because she's going through a lot of pain. She's going through a lot of um, um, trials yeah, because of the chemotherapy that she's going through. So she sent me this text. It goes like this. Papa God, each mountain of chemotherapy is like coming out of the valley of the shadows of death. You have been faithful in our battles. My trust is in you. My flesh has been battled countless times by chemotherapies. It is weak and I'm tired. Faith and hope are the constant in this overrun journey, this long drawn out season. Papa God, you know I am tired. But I will still, I will be still and know you as God. I know you are God. Grant me heaven's strength and courage to walk through and overcome this morning's mountain of chemotherapy. She had chemotherapy that morning. Let your kingdom come. Your perfect will be done in my life, Papa God. I want, I know you will prepare the best gift for me because your love for me is priceless. In Jesus' name and authority, I pray. Amen. And then, she sends me a second text. A, a few, maybe about an hour later, she says, I have lost my touch senses, my hair, my body thermostat. My body will experience extreme hot and extreme coldness. My taste also is going. Chemotherapies kill cancer cells, but they also stole away many of my abilities. They're robbing me. I cannot... But it cannot steal my love from my daddy God. I will be courageous to fight till my last lap. And then she sent me a follow-up text, a third text, which says, it was scripture that she sent me. She anchored in this scripture, she said. And it's from Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping His covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love Him and keep His commandments. How faithful is the Lord that He is ministering to this sister and is just filling her with His goodness, with His faithfulness, with His strength, despite the schemes and the robbing of the enemy in her life. May we all be like this. So, last point. How do I know if I have been scammed or deceived? Now, I'm taking a quote from John MacArthur, an American Protestant pastor and author. Some of you may have read his books. He says, if you want to know if you've been deceived, look for people who are seeking feelings, blessings, experiences, healing, angels, whatever else. These are people are only interested in the byproducts of the faith and not in Christ. They are not consumed by the glory, by the honor, 
the wonder, the beauty, and the magnificence of Christ. So because of this, I was thinking and meditating on this particular sharing by John MacArthur, and I asked, am I seeking the blessing over the blesser? The healing over the healer? The provision over the provider? The spiritual gift over the gifter? The miracle over the miracle worker? Am I asking for multiplication over the multiplier? If the answer is yes, then we have fallen for the scam and are led by the scammer. It's very subtle to want the things that God can give us and not have a deep, close, intimate oneness with Christ. Mm. Then we can just want things and not Christ. And that is scam alert. So, how do I discern God's voice in the scam? John MacArthur came up with these three um, guidelines, so to speak. Yeah. So, there are many voices that challenge us for airspace in our mind and in our hearts. Yeah. Now, usually my own voice, our own voice, will make us choose what is more comfortable for us. Right? The devil's voice will be accusation will condemn us, will sow doubt and fear. God's voice very clearly will guide us to become more like Christ. The voice of the Holy Spirit does that. Always, without fail, to make us more like Christ in our decisions, in our actions, in our thoughts, in our feelings, in the way we treat others, always makes us more like Christ. So, who is setting the agenda for our lives? Is it an opinion leader? Something an opinion leader said? Is it what the enemy is saying? And, or is it what we say to ourselves? Who sets the agenda for our lives? Whose sheep are we? Are we fathered by the father of all lies? Or our father in heaven? Does the love, truth and grace of our father, his son and the Holy Spirit Does this have the majesty over us? Do we surrender and submit to God's grand plan for us? But how do we silence the voice of the scammer? How do we tune in to the voice of the Lord when there's so many voices competing for our attention? You know, hearing God's voice is not a skill that we acquire. It is a spiritual sense when we are born again as his sheep. Yeah? That's why the Lord says, my sheep know my voice. When we are born again as His true sheep, we have to ask ourselves in this season of our lives, am I true sheep or am I goat? Yeah. In the scriptures, the Lord says, at the end of the days, He will separate His sheep on the right side and the goats on the left side. Those who are disobedient. Yeah. For the lake of fire. So, how do we um, know God and his voice. We have to be still. We have to take away all the distractions of the scammer. And in the Psalm 46 verse 10, there is 
an advice, a counsel, which says, or a command even, which says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. So stillness is achieved through quieting our soul through the word, through prayer and worship. And these three, word, worship and prayer, means a drawing closer to God, not drifting away from the good shepherd, not allowing that space in between us and the shepherd to be the playground for the enemy anymore. It's to close up with the Lord, become intimate with Him. And that's how um, our sister Eunice did it as she was battling cancer. Um, and I have one last testimony that I'd like to share. Um, we had a brother called Harold Tan. And Harold um, has uh, left to be with the Lord for five years already. Um, he's the son of our chairman of the LCC, Thomas, and his wife, Aline. And around 2015, um, Harold actually discovered he had osteosarcoma, a very rare form of cancer. Um, and it caused him to be robbed of a lot of things in life. He was an avid swimmer, sportsman. Yeah? He was in the water polo team uh, in um, ACSI, yeah? independent. And um, he had a lot going for him. Lah. Um, but all this came to a standstill when he had to go through very grueling operations and um, you know, many rounds of chemotherapy and almost like 28 rounds of radiotherapy even I was reading in an article about him. And um, he was in remission in 2016, but then he, 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 he was discovered to have nodules in 2017. And although he got um, admitted to King's College in UK, he had to forego that. Again, that was taken from him. So, you know, he was being robbed so much. However, I always, uh, I had the pleasure of, of uh, being in the worship team with Harold. And even during that time, I remember we were at a healing service. We were about to have a healing service many years ago. And I was on the band and I called him up and I said, Harold, would you like to sing with us? And I didn't realize that his lungs were being shaved off because of the nodules. Yeah? So his lungs weren't in full capacity. And he said, oh, Rakesh, I have to ask my father first for permission. And I was like, okay. And um, so he asked permission and he got permission. And we sang together during that healing service. And I've sung many times in worship bands. But it's one of those occasions where there was such a beautiful sound that came out from uh, the team. Yeah. And I really believe um, that Harold gave me another understanding of what praising God is about. So whenever I come here and I praise, I always remember Harold because he praised even when he was under the schemes of the enemy. He never gave the enemy any room to divert him to, to put doubt in his heart, yeah, to deceive him. And he even went on a trip to Timor Leste on a mission trip under the trackers uh, movement, yeah. Um, and he was the leader of the trip while he was going through a lot of pain and a lot of discomfort, yeah. But he always wanted to help people draw near to the Lord. That was his purpose, yeah, 
to bring life and life to the full with God working through him. That is the purpose of the Good Shepherd, to bring life and life to the full.